and welcome to the EuroWhat, episode number 46 for the week of April 8th, 2019. I'm Mike McComb, and I'm joined today by Ben Smith. Hey, Ben. Hey, Mike. We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest, and this week we'll be talking about the last six songs from the first semifinal. How's it going, Ben? Ah, uh, it's going good. It is. It's been kind of like gray and rainy and gross all day, but it doesn't matter because we are finally to like the the group of six songs I am possibly the most excited to talk about in this in this uh, whole crazy semifinal process. How about you? Yeah, pretty much the same. This group that we're going to be talking about today. It's a fascinating set. It is a real good bunch. Uh, I have had this recording session in my planner marked with like exclamation points. I'm just very excited about these songs. Before we get to that, doing a couple of follow-ups from last week's episode. We mentioned the MyHeritage app where you could get your photo matched with your vision stars of the past and present. And somebody did actually reach out to us to let us know that they got an 84% match. That's basically a, a B. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Zach reached out to us on our Instagram and shared his photo of matching with the lead singer from Lake Malawi. And I particularly enjoyed that because it makes it seem like the app also thinks that the name of the lead singer of the group was Lake Malawi. And yes, I, I just kind of felt seen in that moment. <laughs> so. I get that. I get that. <laughs> and then our Twitter friend, Senora Cody, let us know that Italy does have a version of Kids Bop. They call theirs Filling the Music. And yeah, she passed a couple of videos our way of Eurovision covers that they've done. Uh, they did okay. uh, Italy's 2017 entry, Occidentalis Karma, and this year's entry, Soldi. They're kind of recreating the videos, uh, which is a choice. And <laughs> yeah, it's, def- it's definitely a decision that was made. Yeah, um, although it's it's not like a one-to-one match. The question on my mind, is there a child getting a back tattoo in that video? There is not. And it's just like, why Why are we even here? So that's all I've got from follow-up. So why don't we okay. talk about what's happened in the last week? The big thing that happened over the weekend was Eurovision in Concert, the first of the many little promo events that are popping up all over Europe to promote these songs. 28 of the 41 entries show up in Amsterdam. It was it was interesting. So I managed to, you know, it was around 2 p.m. here in the U.S. And I was like, okay, somebody has to be streaming this live. Did a little bit of searching, and yes, someone was. So I got to watch a bunch of this live, and that was that was fun. Yeah, it actually kind of makes me wish that once I figured out that I probably wasn't going to be making the trip to Tel Aviv, like booking tickets for Amsterdam, because that did really look like a fun party. And, mm-hmm. and, well, and, and there's a little bit more fan engagement as well. Watching that live stream was really good just to get a sense for how the crowd was feeling about these acts. Because mm-hmm. going back, going to the like official videos that were dropping later that day and then on Sunday couldn't quite get the same feeling as seeing like somebody who's in the crowd filming on their phone particularly with the one angle of the live stream like it was pretty much coming from the audience rather than like yeah. an overhead shot or like something so like yeah this is totally bootleg you guys yeah oh yeah no it was like a very bootleg experience i loved it uh yeah because like watching the official videos like they're in the back of the room mm-hmm. there's one static camera and it's it's fine like it's better than nothing but it it was a little disappointing watching the next day being like okay i can't really get the same feeling as if i was like watching from this person who's standing basically a few feet from the front of the stage and these performances they're not the super elaborate performances that are going to be happening 
on the Eurovision stage. Yeah, it, it is your performer performing to a backing track in front of like one screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's kind of a weird experience in a way where it's just like I think of like uh, Kate Miller Heideke from Australia was one of the acts that was performing there, and she's like, "Wow, you traveled a third of the way around the world to sing a three-minute song, and that's it." And yeah, I mean, that's and it. it's just like, and that's like, that's really cool in terms of like the dedication to the cause. But at the same time, it's like, wow, that's, that's a lot of work. And yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. It's fascinating. So. On the other hand, like for me, it was great to see which of these songs survive sort of a relatively stripped down process. Like who knows how to tailor their song to, okay, we have three minutes on this stage. We have one screen. We do not have any pyro. How do we do this? How do we adapt this to this venue? Some acts were very good at that, and some acts were a little little bit little bit confused. And also with some of these acts, it is the first live version of their songs that we've heard. For the people who are selected through like a national selection process or national final or are returning acts, it's like, okay, we know what they sound like live. But for a handful of these people, it's like, oh, this is our first real exposure to them. And it can be a make or break moment. So uh, I think we'll get into that in a little bit. It definitely helped color some of my opinions for, mm-hmm. for this week's final set of discussions for semifinal one. We'll have a link to the Eurovision in Concert YouTube page in our show notes. You can check out those videos and see what you may have missed out on because it really did look like a good time. So there were rumors floating around for a couple of months now that Madonna had been approached to be one of the interval acts for the grand final. And Israeli media started reporting that has been confirmed and that she will be singing two songs at the grand final this year. They haven't said which songs yet. One of them will be a new song. That's a pretty big get. Eurovision TV hasn't confirmed it, uh, although the reports from Israeli media uh, were citing the EBU uh, the as EBU, their The EBU, which made it so, seem like, okay, this is actually happening now. Yeah, yeah. Much more for realsies than Eurovision.whatelseison.tv reporting it. We joked last week that the running order was going to drop once we got done recording, and within a couple hours it had. So if nothing else, we really should amend our, our show tagline to where Eurovision news happens. Which, speaking of... Uh, we now know the running order. Let's focus on semifinal one, yes. because uh, now that we know the running order, we can cover semifinal two in order. But just sort of looking at the big picture on the first semifinal, they are kicking things off with Cyprus and Tomta's replay, which which feels smart. It, it's a good it's a good start the party song. Yeah, it starts the party and it does bridge the gap from 2018 to 2019. Starting the party off on a positive note and sort of ending it on a positive note, uh, San Marino and Sir Hot. Uh, are closing things out at number 17 with Say Na Na Na. We can get into that one a little bit later. Overall, it feels like some smart choices for what's kicking things off and what's starting things off. I've set up our Spotify playlist of the first semifinal to match the running order, and it's a really good flow. They did a really good job this year again. So Excellent. That, that yeah, is, a good job, that is great to hear. All right, so should we get started on our job? Yeah, let's do our job. Uh, so we have the, the last batch of songs, and now that we have that order... Let's talk about them in that order. So just doing like a high-level overview, we're going to be discussing the last six entries of the semifinal, which are Georgia, Iceland, Estonia, Portugal, Greece, and San Marino. Just to be clear, Georgia is a little bit of an outlier. Uh, Australia, which we talked about last week, will be in position 12. Georgia's in position 11. But then everybody else, 13 onward, are uh, acts that we're talking about today. So yeah. 
That worked out really, really well, considering we didn't know what the running order was going to be when we recorded last week. Yeah, yeah. So uh, good good on us. So the first entry we are going to talk about is Georgia, which will be performing in spot number 11 with Oto Nemzadze's Keep On Going. <laughs> So just to review, Odo, it turns out that Odo has won Georgia Idol twice. So Geostar, uh, which was Georgia's version of the Idol franchise, had an earlier iteration around the 2010, like late late 2000s, early 20 teens. And Odo won the 2010 season. Uh, the show was revived this year as sort of the Eurovision selection process. And I, as far as I know, it wasn't a tournament of champions type situation or all-stars type thing. But he auditioned for it again, got on the show again, and won again. And that's an interesting little tidbit. Yeah, that, that, is, that is an interesting fact. He has also tried to represent Georgia at Eurovision before. Uh, he was part of the band Limbo, who competed in their national selection in 2017. And... And they finished 10th. And I think that field had like 24 or 25 entrants in it. It was a very long final. I remember that. Uh, Yeah, that that sounds like it. (laughs) Yeah, so finishing 10th, that's pretty good in a field of that size. The song has gone through a revamp. I think Eurovision still has the Georgia Idol performance as the official video. But a new video was was released on Monday. So that'll probably be rolling into that feed uh, pretty soon. Uh, The song will still be sung in Georgian, even though the title has now changed to the English keep on going and yeah what do you think of this entry Ben my first thing is is just the fact that they've changed the title to the English that feels like the the minimum concession to hey maybe we should make this song more broadly appealing mm-hmm. and they, they just did that and that that's a choice the song every time I listen to it feels like it should be soundtracking a, a scene in Game of Thrones mm. like it, it does kind of have an epicness to it uh, and then all of a sudden, there's just like a Georgian men's choir popping up. It's not my favorite. It keeps sinking towards the bottom of my ranking for semifinal one. Looking at this in the running order, if I look at everything that's coming after it, I have that one marked as like my pee break. Mm. Because like everything after it, I'm interested I'm interested to see in ways where I'm just like, okay, I know what Georgia's going to do with this one. They're going to stage it like they did last year, and they're going to get mad when they don't get through. Hmm. I'm pretty much the exact opposite okay your experience which kind of surprised me because like for a while there i i thought i was going to be kind of in that same track where it's like oh georgia's gonna georgia and it's just like so intense but the vocal on this is really growing on me and i think where it landed in the running order it's actually serving a pretty strong purpose. I, th- I think it is kind of gearing things up for sort of the tone shift that is happening. Because the first half of the first semifinal is, it's not that it's ballad heavy. It's just like, it's not like super pop heavy. Mm-hmm. And it's, the heavy hitters in the semifinal aren't in the first half. Uh, I mean, there, there are a couple that are probably going to qualify, but... Uh, overall, all of the heavy hitters are, are the ones that we're talking about today. And Belgium is right before Georgia. And Georgia's just being like, all right, now we're kind of going to kick things into high gear. It goes into Australia. It goes into Iceland. And then it, it's just going to flow out from there. So I think it's, it's okay. serving a very important function there. 
It's sort of cle- cleansing the palate, as it were. I don't know if it's necessarily cleansing the palate, because I, I, I kind of use that term to just kind of be like, okay, there's a lot of stuff that's going on. It's like, okay, we just need to take a breather. Where it's just like, okay. okay, no, like we've just taken the breather. We're now going over that roller coaster hill. Maybe Belgium is the sorbet. Sorry, Elliot. Uh, mm-hmm. And and like this is us starting to go up the roller coaster. Yeah. Okay. Have you had a chance to watch the new video? Maybe. Like I thought I watched what was the new video, but perhaps not. Uh, yeah, it's uh, a black and white video where he's standing on the seashore and then approaching a barbed wire fence, and there are all these people on the other side of the barbed wire fence. Oh yeah, no, I, I definitely have not watched that then. Okay, I think in like today's hyper political, hyper populist, just the general tone of the world right now, it's conveying a very strong message, and. I think if they're able to incorporate that imagery into the stage performance, there could be a very strong resonance that would stick through the remainder of the semifinal. And okay. really, and I think given the setting of the contest and the potential headlines that could be leading up into Eurovision, depending on like what the boycott protests are like, there's a chance for this song to really be seen as like hyper political, like e- even more so than like Hatari's. Mm-hmm. politicalness in their performance so this one feels very high risk high reward to me and okay i'm very intrigued to see what is going to come of it okay yeah so so in in a way georgia is going to georgia but in a way that they used to do like four or five years ago yeah like we don't want to put in like that yes, level of that is exactly what so, i'm thinking yeah. of <laughs> So I'm kind of excited about this one now. Yeah, like, I kind I, of like, like it. I like the idea of it being sort of a sleeper success. I kind of need to go watch the new video now, so that I understand, the, you know, what they're trying to do with this performance, if if that is to be the case. But yeah, like the thought of that, the thought of that intrigues me and definitely feels much better than like what they've been doing with staging the last few years. So mm-hmm. I mean, we we have no say in this, but I really hope that they they pursue. That. I do too. I do too. And I think the fact that they're kind of in. They're in the middle of the running order, but they're right before, I don't want to call it the car crash of the running order, but it's just like there there is a clump of all of the more notable entries. And I think mm-hmm. since this one is just slightly outside of it, it has a chance to stand out. Whereas if it were like in spot 14 or 15, it could get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. I think Georgia, if they play this smart, they could do something here. Agreed. Okay. Anything else on Georgia? I think I'm good. I I, I think okay, I, cool. I think you're I'm, very eager, <laughs> like a kid I am, of Christmas, so to talk excited. about the next Thank one. You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you know exactly what I want to do mm-hmm. with, with with this six, group of six songs. Yeah. So next in our discussion, uh, number thirteen in the running order is Iceland and Hitari, uh, everybody's favorite avant-garde anti-capitalist techno theater posse, BDSM techno band, all of the other descriptors that get thrown out. So many adjectives, and I love all of them. Uh, with Hatrif Mufsigra. Iceland, the last couple of years, has done their Song of Kepnin. This year, uh, they had five acts in the final, then a super final with the top two acts. Hatari came out on top in both of those. Every every Eurovision season, there's like one band that I latch on to and just love with my whole heart. And like this one was an early pick and it's been so exciting to watch them grow. I don't know about you, Mike. I'm just endlessly delighted. They're very charming. 
Yes. So uh, Eurovision in Concert posted an interview with Hatari. It was a really weird experience for me because for like the first minute or so, it felt like much more straightforward and just talking about their, their artistic intentions and sort of how they view the song and how they're trying to convey that. And then like about a minute in, just they switch effortlessly into the mode they've done in every other interview where it's clear that they have their talking points that they're going to hit beforehand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're just all of a sudden they're talking about how they could either have somebody do the background designs for them or they could have had a masseur. So, right. uh, yeah. yeah, so Matthias <laughs> is acting as masseur uh, because they wanted the backgrounds and things like that. And it just it just delights me to no end. Yeah. And then also just their own descriptions. Like, well, like as you were going through in, like, in setting up this part of the podcast. All those descriptions are from IcelandicMusicNews.com, which, fun fact, they run. I think that was the moment that I, I truly fell in love with Atari was when I went, when I was reading all of these press things and, and then was like wait a minute these are all the same website wait mm-hmm. a minute this website only has press releases for hatari as icelandic music news oh oh this is them there's just so much going on here and it are they trolling the competition maybe but they think about these things and they think about what does it mean to be performing in in tel aviv as an as a eurovision act what does it mean as a band that names itself anti-capitalist, but is participating in Eurovision, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And they're very good at sort of communicating what the song is about and what their their views as a band are, even within that la- that layer of joking. Should we get into the song as an Yeah, we, we really should now that I've taken 20 minutes to just talk about my effusive love of the band. Where I'm stuck with this as an entry is, it feels like it's a definite, you either really love them or you're completely indifferent to them. Like I've not seen a lot of sort of reasoned B minus C plus lukewarmness toward them. And I'm just worried that that is going to be reflected on the scoreboard and that they're not going to be as successful as you and I and all true fans. And like, <laughs> <it's> like all <laughs> of the extremely online people. Exactly. Yeah. I, and I think that is part of it. I think the more extremely online you are and like are in on the joke, that is increases your appreciation of it whereas if you're either not in on the joke or not interested in being in on the joke then it's just like oh yeah like they should finish in last place and i don't know if that's going to be a problem in the semifinal. i'm just worried that they're going to end up underperforming at the final and Mm -hmm. it's just going to be really really sad (laughs) i'm at the point where we are you know x number of weeks out from the final Mm -hmm. and really all i'm doing at this point is just trying to temper my expectations as much as possible to a reasonable level. Right. Yeah, that that's probably the correct strategy. <laughs> On one hand, I feel like there is an underlying musicality in the composition of this song that mm-hmm. I think will help it out with the juries. On the other hand, I also know that I am no longer able to be objective about this song. Like, I'm too close. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's really, really wise where, they, where they're slotted in the, in the running order. They're in number 13. That feels like a really good spot to be coming right after, like, an ad break. Mm-hmm. With what we know of this presentation, which, to to crib completely from Stefan from SNL, has everything. It has everything you could want. Yes. Okay? It, <laughs> it has pyrotechnics. has choreography. It has a key change. It has a man banging cages with a hammer, screaming. Another man that's wearing a rubber suit and just, like, walking on all fours. Like, everything. It has everything you could want. And, like... That's a lot, and it either needs to open a section or close a section. I understand why they're not having it close semifinal one, because closing semifinal one on a note of hatred will reign is a little dark. Just, just a smidge. 
Just a, just a touch. Yeah, the juries, I think, are going to be the main determining factor of this. Like, I think I think they're going to do fine with the audience vote. I think they're going to do fine. I think there are enough televoters to, to give them the magic number and get them through to the final. Yeah, but it's just, like, with the juries, it's just like, how many of them are going to be looking at, like, the actual song as a composition, the performance as a performance, and, like, just... The more technical elements, which I, th- I feel is the purpose of the jury, uh, versus just mm-hmm. being like, oh, I don't like this, and like yeah. just marking it down for that. I feel like, unlike so many of the Eurovision Act, where it feels like they just found this person and they're giving them a mic for the first time, like, Hatari mm-hmm. as a band has been around since 2015. It feels like they are at a creative peak, sort of at the height of their powers, and they know how to, they know their skill set and they know how to deploy it. Right. And I think that their charm is may end up carrying them through and hopefully that that will resonate with the juries Um, oh yeah like i'm already excited to see them in the green room because you know that they're going to get interviewed because because of how they're dressed as somebody who as (laughs) as somebody who who has dressed perhaps not as provocatively as them but in a way that made people want to talk to them that is like 85 percent of getting the interviewer over to your little booth Mm -hmm. they're going to do their thing and they're going to be in the track suits and it's going to be great i'm already excited about it do we think this one's going to qualify? Hell yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, I, I will I will personally riot if it does not. <laughs> I have invested too much emotionally into this at this point. To, I desperately want them to win. I am trying to temper my expectations to a reasonable level in advance of the contest. Yeah. It'll be nice for Iceland to end their bad luck streak that they've had for going on five years now, I think. Yeah, since, so. since Polapunk, yeah. Oh, goodness, yeah. So, good job, Iceland. We're very excited yeah, we, about this. Yeah, we are rooting so. for you, Reykjavik 2020. <laughs> the act that unfortunately has to follow Hatari is Victor Crone from Estonia with the song Storm. Estonia used their uh, Eskilal national selection process uh, to make their pick again this year. Although Storm didn't really resonate with their jury, it won by a landslide thanks to the public vote. So Victor Krohn is Swedish. He actually has competed at Melfest before. Uh, he was part of a gr- group that was in uh, competing in 2015. Uh, they lost out in Andre Chansen to Samir and Victor. <sighs> Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. the, the, the less said about that the better victor crone also has lived in the u.s for a bit he performed under the name vic hart for a while worked with some pretty prestigious songwriters uh diane warren uh has worked with him so that's a pretty cool thing to have on your yeah, resume that's a get yeah yeah so the song storm uh he co-wrote with uh stig rasta who represented estonia in 2015 and uh, stig rasta will also be part of the backup vocal team on the eurovision stage this year so yeah what do we think of storm i had a really interesting thought about this one over the weekend join me in like a weird thought exercise here all right there's a lot going on with the staging here and like one of the moments that i really like is when one of his backing singers is back to back with him and they're sort of almost taking the lead for like a quick second Mm -hmm. and that moment felt like a duet to me and the, the more i thought about the song itself the more the song kind of sounds like it's a duet being sung by one person so like what if this was like a full duet where it was victor and this backing singer or victor and like somebody like someone providing the female side of this relationship that's in a storm okay 
Because, like, that feels much more interesting to me. It feels like it leads to a much more interesting stage performance. Is, is it still very safe? Yes. Is it still very three years ago? Yeah. Uh, and, like, this is not a great part of the first semifinal to be doing something very middle of the road. No. They they like, got the worst draw of the They semifinal. got the worst draw. Uh, it, I feel like if this was in the second semifinal, it could squeak through. But Iceland is going to be very visually different. Portugal is going to be very visually different. This is going to be... I have no clue if they're, like, slightly retooling things or if they're planning on doing the same cut-to-video mm. thing that they did at Este Lau. Yeah. But there was a lot going on in the staging of that song... I like the song like it's it's pleasant and like it has a like a country structure to it that I actually really really like there are bits of the melody that I really really like on this one but I think it's just in the wrong semifinal and in the wrong part of that semifinal when he was in the U.S. he was performing in Nashville for a while so yeah that that country influence is definitely in there I don't know if it would do better in the second semifinal though I mean like if it swapped for another Scandinavian country or I, I realize that Estonia is not Scandinavia, but like this song is Scandi pop. And yeah, it's, this, this it's is, the only the Swedish song, but it's the only real Scandi pop that's in the first semifinal. So that would be kind of a distinguishing factor. But yeah, like if it was in the second semifinal, I think it would be I, I, I think it would also be struggling just because this is it is Scandi pop, but it's very basic Scandi pop. And it sounds like mm-hmm. a lot of other a lot of other songs that are out there. And oh, yeah, no, like if you told me this was a 2016 entry, I would believe you like including that video of effect from uh, the national final, it reminded me of what Iceland did uh, with uh, I Hear Them Calling in 2016, where just like a whole bunch of really weird video effects going on. And yeah, like, I I don't think that was well received. And part of the reason why Iceland didn't qualify that year. And the the more I listen to this song, the more it's just like, "Eh, it's fine but like you know it's just gonna be bad news so it just kind of bums it's, you well, it's, out it's when you're listening to it, it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fine in a year where fine doesn't cut it with a field with so much of i don't know this and fine isn't to, enough to, to, yeah, like it, it's, everybody else is, is is going a little experimental and going is this what we want to come in with how about the old thing is not no if this song were from say like one of the balkans I think that would like kind of check off the experimental box, but since it's from a part of Europe where this kind of song is just basic, it, that's why it's not working. So I don't know. Maybe maybe try out for the Serbian final next year. I like, it, it's I I don't know what to do with this one at this point. So well, yeah. Like I just keep thinking about the staging, and I just don't feel like they're going to revamp it that much. Yeah, they're going to redo the video so that it looks like the venue in Tel Aviv instead of the venue in Estonia. But that's about it. Yeah, that ma- that makes a lot of sense. Ugh. Sorry, Estonia. It's a shame because it's like it's not that it's a bad. Yeah, song. like it's not that it's, it's just, a bad yeah. song. It's that it's an okay song in a year where okay is not okay. Let's move on, shall we? Uh, so performing directly after that, as I have mentioned in, in slot number fifteen, is Portugal. Uh, this year they've sent Conan Osiris and Telemoveas. <laughs> So when we initially talked about this song, I did not have kind words for it. And I am happy to say that my my thoughts have changed now that we know the full lineup. Oh, really? Yeah, this one has grown on me. Yay. Like, I, <laughs> I, like I went from not like getting this at all and disliking it to still not entirely get everything that's going on with the visuals for mm-hmm. it. I like the song and it keeps rising in my rankings. I like the song 
pretty much from the get-go. Uh, mm-hmm. like watch, watching the first performance of it, it w- was pretty jarring. But Portugal's Gonna Portugal, I think this song works for this year, where there's just a lot of ex- experimentation and I don't know this. And I'm just trying to picture the song in any other kind of more conventional year. Like if Portugal sent this in 2016 or 2017 or even last year. And I think people would have been so completely baffled by it and Mm -hmm. i think even next year like if they were to try to send something like this people were going to be baffled by it and it it just feels like it's a very hard sell and i'm not sure who who's doing the buying for Mm -hmm. it yeah yeah i'm not entirely sure i understand the audience who this song is for either i love that it pulls in sort of traditional music elements that's playing in fado Mm -hmm. that it's warping that into like almost a pop structure uh, but again, like I keep thinking about the visual here because the visual is important and similar to Hatari, they have a lot going on. Like we have uh, just a li- I, cause I, I made a list for myself. There's like a face mask thing going on. There's copious amounts of fringe sneakers uh, and then like the hand things. And I'm, I feel like it could get rid of one of those or get rid of two of those and still have the same level of power. But there is just so much going on with this this performance. I totally agree with you that like it feels like very much a, yeah, this works in 2019, and I'm not sure it works one year before or one year after. I feel like because there are all of these accessories on it, that the story of the song is not coming through clearly. And I, I can see televoters who aren't, like, and again, this is kind of going into like the extremely online, but like a lot of people who engage with Eurovision like they're not doing it at they're certainly not doing it at the level that we're doing it's like they're not yeah, all they're, putting they're, out podcasts yeah. <laughs> but yes. but I mean it's just like they're not watching the videos ahead of time their their first exposure to the song is going to be when they turn on their TVs Tuesday night and watch these performances for the first time and yeah. I, I I just don't know what the initial reaction is going to be and if that's going to compel people to pick up the phone yeah this one awkward silence wow that's a lot that is a lot of things Mm-hmm. And they come together as a whole, but like it takes some sitting with it. And I'm not sure that everybody is going again. No one is going to have gone through this at the same level that that you and I have, and that like all of the extremely online Eurovision people will have gone through these. Mm-hmm. Perhaps being so late in the running order isn't in its favor. It is stuck in the second half because it did draw the second half. But I mean, if this were in like slot four and it was just kind of sitting in the back of someone's mind as they're watching the rest of the performances and then it goes into the recap video when voting opens and it'd be like, oh yeah, Portugal really did have that one that's just kind of stuck with me during the rest of the show. Oh yeah, that is an excellent point that like this is one that would actually benefit from being earlier in the order. I think it's still going to get through. I don't think there's enough in the front half of the semifinal to like push this down into 11th place like there's enough here to get it through but like how does it do in the overall field then yeah and for its sake i hope it draws the first half of the grand final if it makes it to the grand final or if it does get into the second half maybe go immediately after israel like that would be (laughs) that would be a gear shift uh oh man yeah but but yeah but i mean it's like just allow it Allow it to just kind of sit and, and give it some uh, breathing percolate. Room. Yeah, because like having it be so close to when the voting window opens, I I, I think that that's going to be a potential blocker for it. I would agree with you. So the next entry is slot number sixteen, uh, which is going to Greece and Katerine Duska's "Better Love." Oh, yeah. 
So this was an internal selection for Greece. She was at Eurovision in concert this past weekend, and I guess there were reports that she wasn't feeling all that well. I hope that was the case because I was very underwhelmed with that performance, which is a shame because I really like this song. Yes, same. Very much same. I'm I'm choosing to believe that, that the rumors of her being sick were correct. But on the other hand, it sounds like she's going to be at at least the Spain live event. So we will have yes. other chances to evaluate if that was the standard or just a fluke. As a song, this is easily in my top five of this year. Uh, like, it, it, It's a beautiful production, like very solid vocals on the track, engaging lyrics. Like This is a solid pop song. And I think there's incredible potential for like how this could be staged in just a gorgeous way. Like, mm-hmm. like w- when I listen to these songs, I like do try try to like imagine what the stage performance is going to be like, and it's just like, oh, this could just be so stunning, and just with like just kind of artful touches, kind kind of like what happens in the music video, where it's just like, oh, there's just little quirks here and there, and it's not just this like wall of noise, which can sometimes happen with entries. And if they're very careful with this one, like they could just, it could be amazing. But if the live vocal is a problem, all of that work's going to go to waste. Yeah. Of this batch of six songs we're discussing today, I think this is the most conventionally pretty one. And the most conve- like one mm-hmm. of the more conventionally pop ones, although Estonia may have it, maybe in the running for that too, to its detriment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, there's a real power to her performance on the recorded version of the track. I think this one definitely stands out in this semifinal. Like in the semifinal, I think with the right performance, with a good vocal performance, this one's a stunner. I'm wondering, sort of, what we had discussed though with with Portugal, where. Yes, this is this is really good for this semifinal, but what about the the field as a whole? Like is this one that could potentially get swallowed up if it's in the wrong wrong position in the field? I don't think so. I think most songs will benefit by being in the second half versus the first half. Mm-hmm. If she were to be in the first half, I I think it would be a standout from the okay. first half and, and I I don't see the producers being like, "Oh, we're going to put this in slot 3." It's like, "No, yeah. this is this is if anything, it would be closer towards the middle." Um, of the lineup heading toward the middle of the lineup. So like slot 10, 11, somewhere around there. Okay. But if she's able to make it to the final, I think she's going to stand out just by being a female vocalist. Because Oh, true, true. Because yeah, it is a sausage party this year. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of... A lot of the female singers are in the second semifinal. I think a lot of them are going to get eliminated. And the ones that are in the first semifinal, I'm not sure they're going to qualify. So, like, she she may stand alone uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, if, if yeah, things no. play out that way. So Yeah, going back to a point that you had, though, about the staging for this, is this was, like, this is the one that I keep thinking about the staging of as well, where I want them to find a way to capture the feeling of that video that they of the video for this song because there's just this again like you said like there's an artfulness to it there is a sense of quirk to it Mm -hmm. that i want them to figure out how do we translate this feeling to a maximum of six people on the stage yeah i want them to think about what does that version of the song look like i think part of it is in the second verse 
she has to be moving around the stage. Like yeah. she cannot be standing center stage the entire performance. Like that that second part is all about movement. Like she should be like if she has a microphone to stand, she should be grabbing that microphone and like walking all around the triangles. And yep. uh yep. yeah, and just like own, owning that room, showing the crowd what she can do. And I think that was another thing that was just kind of a kind of holding her back at the Eurovision and concert performance. Just like everybody was just like standing center stage because there wasn't anywhere to go because there was just like the big AV screen behind them. So yep. get, get some movement, make sure that vocal is spot on. And yeah. Think about, think about movement, think about vocals, think about what the visuals look like to, to kind of heighten this. I am very excited about this entry. Oh so, yeah. Same, you know, same. Yeah. So <laughs> the last song we get to talk about today and the last song of the first semifinal in number 17 is San Marino and Sir Hot with Say Na Na Na. So San Marino, after how well last year's 1 in 360 went, uh, smartly went back to internal selection this year. They told us they were picking an international artist, and they picked Sir Hot again. And he represented San Marino in 2016, where he did not qualify, but he was in 12th. Like, the right set of circumstances could have turned that one around. Uh, he uh, was <laughs> out of qualifying by 65 points. I'm, I'm trying like... to be positive, Mike. <laughs> trying to be i'm trying to read the copy and be positive (laughs) about it uh but yeah no he was 65 points off from 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 qualification that was not going to happen uh sir hot like my favorite thing about sir hot is that he rose to fame as the host of turkey's version of jeopardy this is like if canada sent alex trebek to to eurovision he's also produced other game shows so maybe merv griffin is a better comparison i don't know yeah it's like if it's like if we sent a game show man to to eurovision it's like if we sent chris harrison host of the bachelor Oh, <laughs> Eurovision. Hey, he might have musical chops. We don't know. San Marino should have sent Chris Harrison. Like that San Marino should have sent amazing. Chris Harrison. Oh, goodness. San Marino calls. We we got a hookup. Uh, we, yeah, we, we do not have a hookup. Um, Serhat is also the first Turkish singer to appear on the Billboard Dance Club chart uh, since uh, his song from 2016. I didn't know, or at least the the disco version of it, got like a fun remix with Martha Wash. And went up the charts for a little bit, and I still do not understand how that happened. Martha Wash, she delivers, but... Martha Wash is Martha Wash. Like, you bring her in with a purpose. Yeah, uh, but I, th- I think that the two things that I find most interesting about Sir Hot... It, well, actually, there's three things. One, he's the president of his high school's alumni association, so uh, rock <laughs> on there. Number two, uh, he's a dentist. Who knew? And then number three, that music is more of a side project I was about for him. To say, like from the sounds of, oh, by the way, he's also a dentist. Uh, that yeah, definitely, uh, music is a side project here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's he's really an international bon vivant in like the true definition of that <laughs> word. So like I often, yeah, like I often describe myself as an international bon vivant because I just think that's a funny phrase. But that is what he does, and it's like yeah. Cool. Do it. God bless, you know. Yeah. <laughs> bless him. Yeah. Like, he's out there living that life while the rest of us just put international bon vivant on our business cards, mm. hoping that no one knows what that means. Yes. So. <laughs> Anyways, enough about how delightful Sir Hod is as a person. Mike, how delightful is this song? <sighs> so... <laughs> There was an article that was going around. Uh-huh. I know. Last week I the think week I know before. which one you're talking about. Yeah, where like he's talking, like kind of bragging about having written the song in five minutes. Which, yes, you, yeah, which yes, I have ears and I've heard the song. Yeah, but also 
that's not something to brag about. It's kind of like uh, the guys from South Park being like, oh, yeah, we wrote this episode in a week. It's like, yeah, we know it shows. And, well, and like pop songwriters will, will be like, yeah, I wrote this in like 20 minutes while I was eating lunch. But like that was 20 whole minutes. Yeah, yeah. Sir Hot, and... You could have taken four times as long and done like a check of the chorus and be like, really? I, I don't want to I don't want to replace Nana Na with like actual words. It is very catchy. It, it is kind of like the theme song to a game show. In a way, like uh, the way that I was going to compare it before I like found out before doing all of this research about uh, what he does in his normal life is that it does sound like the theme song to a good state lottery game show. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that is so spot on. Yeah. Like I grew up in Michigan and like the Michigan state lottery game shows are super budget and super like not fun it switched to a format at one point where it was quarterly and hosted by the guy who played peter brady on the brady bunch and it's like oh man what is going on here uh but then like when i lived in ohio for a little bit like they're a lottery show like they know how to have fun they have production value like it's just like it, I mean, it felt I, like I the theme song to wgn that, and so. seeing like the chicago area one those are fun yes yeah oh that that one was the gold standard for a while like that one yeah. in california uh let's get off this topic because yeah, this so we're, we're going a really, whole rabbit hole that no one yeah. needs to know about it's fun in that regard, and I yeah. really do think being last in the lineup is such a gift. Like, oh man, like, thanks to the producers for throwing them a bone and sticking them last. If anybody needs to stick in people's brains to get through, it's San Marino. Yes, and and this is their 10th appearance at Eurovision, so they wanted to, like, have this be extra special. I'm secretly hoping that uh, Human Kendall is one of the backing dancers. Uh, just Please to, stop mentioning like... that man's name. I do not <laughs> like him at all. And now his, now his, his terrible creepy faces in my brain okay so my thoughts about this performance based on the video and based on the video and then also having seen like the backdrop at at your vision in concert is that this performance is going to be sir hot in a brightly colored suit with matching hat Mm -hmm. and like he's gonna be performing the song and like the say na 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 ets are gonna be dancing around him and like i'm fine with it i'm fine with it that's what that's what he does hmm so basically just a recreation of his 2016 performance yes Mm. That mm. Th- that's probably correct. Yeah, that's, that's very correct. But uh, that's not going to help. I don't think. Like I want San Marino to succeed. Like I want at, the, yeah, I want them to be their best self at this, but also facts are facts. <laughs> yeah, it's just like don't don't do something that you've already done before. Well, no. Last time he was in maroon and this time they will pick a bright color cuz the song is bright. Also, we went down that weird lottery rabbit hole. I went down yes. a weird listening to the lyrics of this song rabbit hole and I'm concerned cuz like the cuz like the start, <laughs> the start of this is that this tur- this sort of weirdly turns from like Sir Hot encouraging you and being like be your best self mm-hmm. uh, to like propositioning you because like it's like love yourself be kind and also here is sir hot's phone number for if you want some special encouragement time international bon vivant like that, yeah. that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first thing they teach you in ibv fr- school so yeah. <laughs> so do we think this one is going to qualify i i don't know i i feel like i could i feel like it's going to place 12th again <sighs> It might get closer. I don't know. It could squeak through. It could squeak through in 10th. Uh, yeah, I, I, don't, like, I don't know. I don't know. There's so many things. There's so many factors here. Yeah, like, I think 
again, with kind of going back to what I was saying about Portugal, where it's like, oh, Portugal needed to be earlier in the lineup so it can sit with people. I think having this one at the end of the lineup just be like, oh, wait, no, we're not going to give you enough time to actually sit and think about this. Like, you need to vote now. It's like, oh, I love this one. I'm going to vote for it. Yeah, I, lo- I love brightly colored men and dancing and dancers. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, oh, no take backs. And any way to get San Marino back to the final. Yeah, like, if, like, if it, it gets San Marino, do I think San Marino could sneak into the final? Yes. Do I think they will do well there? No. Hmm. Yeah, that, there's there's the follow-up question. Yeah, that that, uh, that is, yeah. <laughs> like, like, let's, like, we need to, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I, I'm not concerned that they need to figure out hosting venues for next year. Oh, like, yeah, that, no. That is, no. that is not a consideration. But I think in my heart of hearts, I want this to qualify and that it could qualify like yeah, if, there, if I, yeah. there are some if there are some complete disasters that happen early on in the show yeah. like i i think that's to san marino's benefit but yeah i mean if, if everybody does bring their a game i think that is going to end up hurting san marino in the long run because i don't think juries are going to go for this and no like this is just going to depend so much on the public vote and yeah and the people who are most excited about it, again, are the people who are extremely online. Uh, yeah. We, we've really built a nice echo chamber for ourselves, haven't oh, we? Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Last week's show was oof. This week's show, extremely online. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, I just, I have no clue. Because, yeah. like, again, if everybody brings their A game and is, is given 110%, this place is 11th or 12th. Maybe. Uh, if everybody, yeah, if everybody is, if there are a couple of boo-boos, if there are a couple of screw-ups, this one could sneak through and then place in the lower half of the, of the, of the full final. Getting to the final is winning for Sam Marino. Getting to, yeah, getting to the final is just an honor to be nominated. Yeah, yeah. So, we're rooting for you, San Marino, or at least I am. I don't know about you, you, Ben. We want the best for you. (laughs) But also, (laughs) but also, please spend more than five minutes on your song. Yes. Yeah. And stop bragging about it. That, don't, that, yeah, that don't, is a don't weird flex. That. So. Yeah. <laughs> that is a, yeah, it's a weird flex and it's not a good one. Okay. So speaking of thinking of the running order, now that we know where everything falls as a whole, we've talked about these six entries, but thinking about the other 11 that mm-hmm. are there, who is in a good place? Who is in a bad place? Well, Montenegro is in the worst place. Oh yeah. Montenegro is in slot two. We called yeah. it. Sorry guys. Yeah. Yeah. I think Belgium's in, I think Belgium's in trouble. Uh, and I said I said this in last week's episode, like specifically, like if they're in slot 10 and before Iceland, like they're going to be in trouble. But I think based on what I think Georgia is capable of, I, I think they could end up erasing a lot of Belgium's presence. Yeah, I thought I was watching them intently at Eurovision in concert this weekend. Mm-hmm. And I think that they performed ably. I was very concerned about what Elliot was going to be able to bring vocally live. Mm-hmm. And I'm less concerned about that now, but I am still thinking about that staging and what they want to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. Finland is not in the two slot, but I feel like the three spot isn't much better for them. I don't know if there was a spot that Finland could be placed that that would, that feels like would a help good one. the song. Yeah. yeah. I think that song may be DOA. Yeah. Sorry to rude, but also yeah. Serbia, middle of the field is tough, I think. Yeah, that, that uh, was tough. Song I, that I don't is, know. I feel yeah. like the like the melody on that one keeps sticking with me. Yeah. The more I think about it. So like that might not necessarily be a detractor for them to be like right in the middle. Like I said earlier, I think they did a great job in creating a solid flow for this lineup. And yeah. I don't think anybody has been intentionally hurt by the lineup, except for Estonia. But I don't think there was really – I think Estonia is kind of in the same spot that Finland's in, where it's like there's not really Which a like, good There's spot not a great spot for you, you to live here in the second half of the final, so this is the best we could do. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just like Estonia and Belgium could swap. I don't think that's going to solve either of the problems. It doesn't fix so. things for either group. But no, like this, ha- this does have like a very nice flow, like a nice sort of smoothness between tempos and moods. And there are some very nice places for breaks where you can't quite make the 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 tempo swap. Like going from Czech Republic to Hungary mm-hmm. feels like an interesting choice, but it makes more sense if there's a break in the middle. Putting a break between Australia and Iceland, that was a gift for Australia, I think. <laughs> so... I'm getting more and more excited about the first semifinal uh, yeah. as, it, as it gets closer. Yeah, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Euro What. Thanks for listening. The Euro What podcast is hosted by Mike McCone, that's me, and Ben Smith. That's me. You can find us on our website at eurowhat.com and on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at EuroWhat. We'd love to hear your questions and comments and any thoughts you have about the first semifinal lineup. You can subscribe to the Euro What on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or the podcast app of your choice. Rating and reviewing the podcast when you subscribe also helps other Eurovision fans find us. We'll be back next week to try to make sense of what's new in Eurovision. 